On any given school day in America, 250 children are suspended or expelled for bad behavior. 50,000 children were suspended at least once in 2016. And here's the shocking part. Those are just the preschoolers, the three- and four-year-olds. Boys make up more than 80% of the suspensions and expulsions in preschool. And according to the Department of Education, throughout their school careers, black students are almost four times as likely to be suspended than white students. Research shows that being suspended or expelled affects social and emotional development, academic performance, and life trajectories. Zero-tolerance policies were supposed to make schools safer and discipline more fair, but critics say that didn't happen. I recently sat down with Cami Anderson to talk about this. She's a former head of the Newark Public Schools and now runs the Discipline Revolution Project. What exactly is at issue here? Yeah, I think we, we know two things. One is we have serious adult biases at play, not just for black, but also for students with disabilities. It's important to remember that these biases around discipline are about race and other things. That's number one. And number two, we know what works in terms of supporting healthy development, holding kids accountable in ways that help them learn. Yeah, but, you know, I'm sure there are people who would say, well, you know, maybe these kids are just the tough kids. Maybe we should be looking at this as, isn't this data telling us that they're problem kids? Mm -hmm. Well, just in the last year, we had two pretty rigorous studies come out, one showing that black boys receive about triple the amount of negative attention as their peers, often for the exact same behaviors. And we saw a study of black girls where adults labeled them less innocent than their peers. So we know what biases are play. Punitive discipline is sort of like parenting 101, right? Kid does something, we punish them, so they, they have negative consequences for their behavior. Why does that not work? Well, first, you have to build trust with our young people, and trust is built in times of conflict, right? So when something happens, certainly there needs to be consequences, but there also needs to be a conversation about what caused that moment and how can you prevent it in the future. We should embrace the notion that young people can learn social and emotional skills just like they can learn algebra or any other academic here. skill. Yeah, we in here, because we've been here. We in here, yeah, we in here, because we've been here. That's it. That's it, and that's all it's gonna be. Welcome back to another episode of Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Laureen, and of course, I am your hostess with the mostest, and my crew is here. So I'm gonna go ahead and pass it off to them before we talk about that opening video. So Jada, I will start with you. Hey y'all, my name is Jada. I am a homeschool junior. I am 17 in the Elbow area, and so glad to be back. Let's get back to our daily schedule. Let's go, Melissa. Hi, everyone. My name is Melissa, and I am a 15-year-old sophomore in the Southern California area. Miss Anaya. Hi, everyone. My name is Anaya, and I'm currently a junior in high school. Perfect. And Mr. Sam. I'm 11. My name is Samuel, and I'm in fifth grade. 
Welcome back, y'all. We're getting back to our regularly scheduled program, which means we got to put some eyes on some situations that have happened, you know, kind of during Black History Month uh, and some a little after it. But we're going we're gonna to talk about some things. So in the opening video, you saw her say that Black students are almost four times as likely to be suspended than their counterparts. Um, has, do you think it's grown or, or no? What do you think? Samuel? You think it got more or what? Uh, probably more. I, I would guess, cause like the, the whole organization exists. Like this organization and podcast and our lives would be completely different if this problem didn't exist. So yeah. I, I'm gonna say it probably got worse, cause like you know every everything that. It just gets worse. Once you, if you don't teach it, it just gets worse. Okay. What do you, what do you think, Melissa? You think it got better or you think it got worse? I think most likely it got worse because if it like Sam said if we're not teaching about it, it's going to keep happening. If it isn't if we aren't educating people about it, if we aren't bringing the attention to the table, if we aren't telling people and telling the education system this is the problem and here are the facts or if they're just not paying attention to the facts because no one's telling them they have to, then this is going to keep happening and it's going to get worse. Yeah, and so also in that opening video, she talked about how you cannot discipline without a relationship, true or not, Jada? I definitely think that's true. Like I feel if I had built a relationship with a teacher and a teacher tells me what to do, I know that they have um, my best interest in their heart and that they actually care about me and want me to do better, want to see me do better. But when it's somebody that I don't feel a relation towards, I just feel like they're just kind of like yelling at me or nitpicking at me. But like when it's that relationship, it's like, oh, they actually care for me. They want me to do better. I want to like make them proud kind of. And at least in my opinion. Anaya, what do you think? You agree? So yeah, I wish, I mean, I'm hoping the numbers, um, got better but i'm assuming they've gotten worse over time well i mean let me see i'm gonna share my screen real quick so i can i'm just gonna give you all just a little bit of what i see um because i think that in order to um, kind of have a context of what we're talking about i'm just gonna share some numbers right here in sacramento um as you can see and i'm gonna try to make it bigger all right so executive summary it says black males are 5.4 times more likely to be suspended in Sacramento County. Um, this was a nationwide study, uh, the one that came on earlier, but right here in Sacramento County, it's it's not 3.8, it's 5.4, and nearly 18 black males were suspended per day in the county. So I think it's getting worse. I, I you know I, I I would like to tell you that we're not doing really uh, bad, but when you have the same type of people making the decisions and nobody's really finding any urgency to do something or to change their behavior or the way in which they um, deal with black students, then you're going to see more of the same. Um, and so, you know, we have about four stories that I, I want you to put some eyes on um, and then we will come over. I have uh several different reports up that I'm ready to talk about with y'all. Once again, we're getting back to our regularly scheduled program. And this is story one of the day. She's super traumatized. It's, it's not fair. Honey, I'm coming, okay? 911, what is the address of the emergency? 
A mom in sheer panic and terror as she shows up to her child's daycare and plantation, only to find the doors locked and the lights off. She's inside the daycare. She just came up to the door. She's inside by herself? Yeah, she's crying. She's inside by herself. Stephanie Martinez says she pulled up to Kindercare on Sunrise Boulevard just before 6.30 to pick up her two-year-old daughter, Anastasia, and no one was there. Banging on the doors, on the windows and on the doors to see if she could hear me. She finally poked her head out um, in one of the windows, the window doors, and I completely lost it. Plantation police and firefighters responded, prying the door open to rescue Anna. Martinez says her daughter was able to push a chair next to the window and stand up to get her mom's attention. It's the worst feeling ever. Like, you feel helpless. Like, you can't do anything to, like, console her. She was definitely stressed out, definitely was crying that whole time that she was there by herself. Kindercare Corporate says while we're thankful the child was quickly found and was safe, this incident should not have happened. We take all concerns about children's safety seriously and follow a specific protocol anytime an issue is raised. Nobody should ever go through this. You, you pay to put somebody's, you know, your trust, you pay for trust and they completely like avoided that. Like, I have no words for that. Like, I, I'm still in shock right now. How does this happen? Samuel? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because it's a city called Plantation. There has to be a connection. <laughs> like, there's no way. It's just, it's just a, a coincidence. Black, black two-year-old gets left in a daycare all by themselves. Oh, city name plantation. There's not, it's, it's not a coincidence. Melissa, I was thinking the same thing Sam was thinking. Like, the city is called plantation, and there's a little black girl left inside of your classroom by, by herself. I was on the same thought process as Sam. And it makes me so angry because she's two years old. She cannot fend for herself. She can't really voice what she needs. Like, it's a daycare. It's not even a school. It's for kids who cannot go to school yet. So she's young and she's being left in your care. And you can even hear the first responders surprise when she's on the phone telling her like she's by herself. And the first responder is like, she's alone by herself. And the mom was like, yeah, I don't even know. I'm, I'm angry. Jada. I'm confused. I'm so lost. Where are the adults? How do you just like, oh, okay, we're locking up for the night. You just left my whole kid. Like, you didn't even, like, check. All right, this account. I think we have, like, one more child logged into the system. Y'all were just closing for the day. And there's some parent outside waiting to pick up their kid. Like, where is everybody? Like, that's weird. That's weird. Like, was there an investigation? Was there any, like, questioning? Like, how did this child end up locked in your care? Because I want to know what happened. Like, this is weird. Mm. Anaya and Sam, I'll come to you next. So my thought process is, how does it happen? It's either carelessness or it was purposeful. Because how do you forget a whole human being, a whole child? It's, it's, it's hard to forget people, in my opinion. Especially, like Jada said, if they're locked in the system, don't you have to, I don't know how they how daycares work, but don't you have to like check when the, per, when the kid leaves? Even when I was in the after school program, we had to be signed out by our parent. How do you leave somebody there? 
in a dark room how do you how do you just like no like no head was, she, was she there i mean like did she disappear yeah. for those moments while you decided to lock up i mean right, I right. how does that happen because i, I knew wanna, like, go ahead i just want to know like the person who was working that day what went through their head what were their step by steps of that day of them locking up yeah and um from what i understand she had something to do so she decided to go ahead and leave i don't know if like i said i don't know who how anyone gets left behind i know that you do have to sign your kids out they're supposed to go through that and then i also know if a if a specific facility closes at a certain time parents are normally charged a dollar a minute for each minute they're late after the closing time so how this happened and how that baby was left by herself i have no idea I, but she had the presence of mind at two to jump on top of a, a, a chair and say, hey, I'm here. You know, would you have been able to hear her? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how loud or how how loud she cries or yells, um, but it's no excuse for that. And everybody needs to be terminated uh, who was working that day. There's no training. Um, I, I wouldn't give them any training because that's a liability. But what say you? Should they have been fired or what? What do y'all think? They absolutely no training, no second chances, no second chances. How do you how do you ab abandon somebody's kid? Like imagine being that two year old waking up in a dark room. Her mom's not there. Nobody's there. And she said she was crying like that's traumatizing. That's scary, especially like I know, like as a kid, when you're like being left somewhere, your first thing is like you want to stay with your parent, but then you start trusting the facility. So it's like, hi, mom, going to daycare. Everybody left her. I can imagine how that kind of scars her. Like she might never want to leave her mom's side again. Like yeah. that's traumatizing. They absolutely need to be fired and license taken everything because they even said safety is taken seriously here and all this. Well, someone's lying because a child <laughs> was abandoned. Like Jada said, a child was left behind. Not even your child, someone else's child you're getting a check, you're earning money to take care of other people's child, other people's children. And one was abandoned and was not properly taken care of. Yeah. And it shows that it's delivered because nobody is like, wait, there's nobody here. Turns off the light while they're still in the room. Locks the door while they're still in the room. Locks the door to, to get to the to get the outside while they're still in the room. No, no, there's a there's a purposefulness in that because there's no like. Is anybody in here? Nope. Turns off the light. They're like, mm, where's the light? And then they they lock the door. So there's 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 just like there's too many steps and too too meticulously planned and meticulously planned out because if you forget a kid you may as well forget to turn off the light or forget to turn uh, lock, lock Come on, the door. Sam. No, you <laughs> turn off the light you lock you lock the door to the classroom and you lock the doors outside so she couldn't like open the, open the classroom door and get out so like you know what i didn't even think of that Sam. i mean to be perfectly honest what you just said i didn't think of that so kudos to you i mean and and Miss Tawana's in the chat. You know there were at least four emergency contacts. You know that they could call if somebody's late. They can call and backfill and see who can come pick up the kid before they leave. They just didn't do anything. And so, 
you know, they have they have to be held accountable for that. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know which one to go to next. Uh, OK, this one. Here you guys go. So there is a very controversial video of a teacher hitting a student in Indiana that is dividing parents. Now, warning to our viewers, this video is graphic and may be disturbing to some. The video shows the teacher running after the student. He grabs the student, you see here, by the backpack and then slaps the student across the face. The student hits his head against the wall. The teacher lost his job and was banned from school property. Now, the student suffered visible injuries that were treated, but here's the thing. The teacher's been teaching for 40 years, one teacher of the year in 2020, and a lot of parents and students have come out in support of him. In fact, he was granted early retirement with full benefits and his pension. And one more thing, the student allegedly said something very inappropriate and violent to the teacher. Al, former teacher here, what do you think? I don't think it matters. I think we just witnessed an assault. Because you're small doesn't mean that you lose your rights as a human being. This teacher was clearly upset, which as a teacher, I've been upset. We've all been in that boat. I'm not judging him for that. What I am judging him for is the fact that he chased him down the hallway and he assaulted him and he walks away with full benefits. Do I think that he should have been stripped of all that? No. But there needs to be some serious disciplinary action. And I don't think sending somebody off with a with a package of just retirement benefits is the way to do it when you witness an assault. I don't care how many years you've been teaching. I don't care how many awards you have on your shelf. Your job is to maintain your composure. This is not a bar. This is not a nightclub. You can't chase somebody down and hit them because they said something that you didn't like, especially a child. <laughs> Sam? This is this is foolish. First off, it's in Indiana. Of course, Indiana is super racist. People underestimate how racist Indiana is. First off. Second off, he's like 70. So he was probably one of those racist dudes in the KKK in the 90s or whatever. There there were KKK rallies in the 90s in Indiana. There there's celebrities that talk about that were born in there. So it's just it's just it lines up and then why are you hitting a student in the face? Like, full why are you hitting him at all? Exactly. Like, full on smack, punch. I don't care. Kick. I don't care. You shouldn't be hitting a student just because they said something that you don't like. Allegedly. allegedly. He allegedly said something he didn't like. Allegedly. And he should have been stripped of his benefits. He got full benefits, pension, retirement plan, probably Social Security. Like, makes no sense so he's been teaching 40 years does that matter Jada no he smacked that boy like a grown what is his problem oh my god if that was my kid I would be off no that's crazy I I hate when teachers fall oh I've been teaching 40 years and you still acting like this like you saw those teachers coming out the classroom like, nah, nah, excuse me, what's going on up in here? I saw that teacher come out the class because she knows yeah, she's crazy. That's what it looked like. She told him, Get and that child, he dropped to the floor. He was probably crying like, what is wrong with you? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Wow. Teachers are get These teachers are getting real comfortable. Oh my gosh. Melissa, your mouth is wide open. What's happening? He needs to be arrested. That's child abuse. And if it would have been a, a black parent in a household and someone would have said something, parents would have been arrested. No questions asked. Parents would have been arrested. Child would have been removed from the house and no one would have thought about it. 
So I don't understand how and he they don't care how long you've been a parent, right? Exactly. They say, oh, he's been teaching 40 years. Like Jada said, he should know better. Got you teacher should know better. How many graduated classes have you taught? How many other children has this happened to? Is Come what on I want to know. That's what that's what I want to know. He did, he he swung too comfortably for that to be the first time. I'm sorry. I'm I you know what? Um it's because ain't nobody got in his behind like they were supposed to. That's what happened. People came in and gave excuses as to why this behavior is tolerated. They Even after this incident, they came back in this teacher up based on his previous reputation. It shouldn't matter. Sam, I saw your hand up. Come on, talk to me. It's just like, what happens before CCTV in, in schools? He, he's been teaching for 40 years. He's obviously like 70 or something. He was obviously doing the black kids full-on punching. That was probably a week sauce. That was probably week sauce because he saw that camera in the corner. Stoke didn't care, but he, saw, he, he, he did a slap instead of a full-on right hook. And I just want to say, I don't know if that student is black. That student could be non-black, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because my experience is if they teach the treat the white kids like this, y'all don't have no chance in that school with that man. Anaya, what you thinking? It's unacceptable. I don't care. I actually do think, I don't think it matters how long he's been teaching to like, um, well, I do think it matters because it's like you've been teaching for 40 years, you still act like that. You don't know how to handle situations. You don't know how to have a conversation. If someone says something that offends you, Hey, don't say that. You you don't see me slapping kids at school when they when they say stuff I don't like. He's a grown man. He's been teaching for forty years. He's been in the atmosphere for forty years. You're telling me that's the first time you dealt with a student who says something you didn't like. Really, and that's you had to do. You had to hit them. That's I agree with. I agree with Anaya. You don't know how many offensive things I have heard at my school that teachers have heard, and they handle that way better than he did. They would never put their hands on a child. You pull them to the side, and you talk with them. If it continues, you talk to a parent. But, And these teachers have been teaching for, they haven't been teaching for 40 years. So yeah. like everyone's been saying, 40 years, you should know how to act. And all those parents and families backing him up because he won teacher of the year and whatever year actions speak louder than words. And you slapped a child. We saw you slap a child. I don't care how many trophies you have on your shelf. Like the guy said in the video, what you slapped a child. And that's what matters right now. Not the fact that you were teacher of the year one year for what? Well, what do they tell y'all? What do they tell you guys when somebody says something to you that you don't like? Are you allowed to hit them? Absolutely not. We'd get kicked out within an instant. Like expelled. Matter of fact, I know as a black girl, I would get expelled if I ever put my hands on somebody. I think we covered a story once where the girl got expelled just for defending herself. Like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. He smacked that little boy like a grown man. The minute he smacked that boy should have been the end of his reputation. Not no, oh, well, retirement benefits. And, you know, he was teacher of the year and da, 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 da. All, all that should have been erased. The moment he put his hands on, on a child. That, the, we covered a. You know, you yeah. put your mute on. I, I don't know what happened. Um, did you go, were you done? Yeah. Okay. So 
when we talk about leading by example, right? This teacher did something that they hold students accountable for. Why wasn't, why do you think he wasn't held accountable for his reaction and allowed to leave and retire instead of being fired in charge? And, and I do know that he's been arrested since, but why do you think they gave him the option to retire early? Samuel? Okay, okay. Let me put this in full caps. He's white. He's white. <laughs> he know. got the complexion for protection. That's what you said. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's just it's it's honestly that simple. You don't. It's not even really that intricate. You don't even really get to need to get into the nitty gritty. It's just he's white. Thank you, Samuel, for your honesty. <laughs> You know, I just, I, I want folks to hold adults to a higher standard. The standards that they hold kids to are more so pronounced than they hold these adults who behave badly. And I want to see that same energy they would do, like you guys said, if the parent was the one to do this. I want to see that same type of consequence come on these people who are in positions of authority who misuse their authority in this way. It's absolutely unacceptable. And uh, I hope he really pays for what he did because, nah, nah, mm -mm. couldn't be one of y'all. I'm going to tell you that. Um, okay, next one. Y'all pay attention. Here you go. We turn now to a Florida teenager and her mother fighting back after someone created a fake social media account in the teen's name, leading to a nightmare that started with a school bomb threat. Here's ABC's Andrew Fujii. This morning, a 13-year-old is speaking out after a fake Instagram account led to her being wrongly arrested. It was scared. I was scared. This is video of Nia Wim's arrest at her Florida school last year, accused of making threats of violence against the school on Instagram. But after further investigation, it was determined a fellow student made those threats, impersonating Wim's on Instagram and setting up a fake account. That student was later arrested and charged. But in the meantime, Wim's spent nearly two weeks in juvenile detention, time that she says scarred her. I feel distance, like I really don't want to talk to anybody. She she wanted to become a police officer and now she's telling me she don't she doesn't want to do it anymore because she feel like she was um, treated so badly. Wim's family is now suing the school, Instagram's parent company Meta, and the Pembroke Pines Police Department, alleging they engaged in malicious prosecution, violated Wim's civil rights, and intentionally inflicted emotional distress. Everything should be have um, taken the time to investigate thoroughly before introducing trauma to any child at all. The school responded saying our priority is always the safety and security of our students and we immediately involved law enforcement regarding that threat and took all appropriate precautions. The lawsuit also claims Instagram was negligent in allowing the creation of a fake account. That platform was used to frame Nia and caused her to be locked up. Meta and the police department have not commented, but police have said they notified prosecutors right away when the fake account was discovered. Nia Wims does not attend that school anymore. Instead, she goes to school online. But her mom says she intends to enroll her at a different public school because her daughter does miss being with other kids. Anaya? Um, my thing is they couldn't, what? What I want to know is the main thing I'm wondering is what investigation did they do on the girl before they decided to arrest her? 
you could have like even asked her hey can I see your Instagram even asking like a student could have asked hey can I see your Instagram what accounts are you logged into oh you're not logged into the account then it must not be you like you could have tried to log into that fake account if it gives you an email and it doesn't match her email if it matches another student's email then it's obviously not her it's the other student and she spent two weeks in there took them two weeks to figure it out that it was fake <laughs> who was working on her case like who who was lacking who was not doing their job they could quickly jump to a conclusion that it was her but they couldn't speed up the investigation it's a, like anaya said two weeks in juvenile detention but you jump quickly to a conclusion that it was this 13 year old black girl you can jump to that conclusion and accuse her and put her behind bars and scar her for the rest of her life but you slow down and this investigation suddenly takes two weeks. It's bizarre. Samuel? Um, so if it's a bomb threat, why wasn't uh the police's hacking program called so that they could de decrypt the account and find the person who made it? Like, it makes no sense. There's procedures and departments in the police and in the police to handle these type of threats and they mishandled this situation they took too long to investigate for it and also i wanted to point something out i you may not see it in like that video but i saw an extended version of the video where the police officer was mocking how she how she was like emotionally like very emotional they're mm -hmm. like that's how the police officer was. The the lady, the white lady that was arresting her, she was like oh. basically mocking her. Oh no. No, I did not see that video because that would have added a whole nother level to it. But it says um she was arrested and detained for two weeks. That sounds like more than that teacher got for smacking that boy. Um, it says law enforcement later determined that the threats had been sent from an IP address that did not match hers. Well, again. How about we do this before we settle on a person, right? It says it was then discovered a younger classmate, age 12, in the seventh grade who set up the false emails and social media accounts under her name. So again, it, it doesn't take two weeks. You're right. It don't take two weeks to hack an account. So did, is it that they just wanted to believe she did it? Or what do y'all think, Samuel? They made assumptions. They said, oh, black girl, she's a school, she's a threat to society. She must be. She must be. She's black. She's black. Come on now. Do you see the color of her skin? Look, right here, right there. She's black. It has to be her, right? It's not like we have expert hackers on hand at the police station. No. Decryptors at the police station. No, does not take two weeks. Are you, are you mad? Brother, not a hacking are, genius. Are you mad? Yes. <laughs> so, like, y'all talk to me. If if you were accused of doing something, and you were arrested before anybody even did their due diligence and you're maintaining your innocence and people are continually saying, no, you're responsible. 
what type of, of impact do you think that had on her as a student? She already said that she doesn't really want to talk to people anymore. She likes staying closed off to herself. I can imagine that that would, that would increase and she wouldn't really have any trust in anyone, especially in law enforcement. She said she wanted to go on to be a police officer. And you already see the way that we get treated by law enforcement as black people. And I'm assuming she knows this and she sees this, but she still wants to go into that field. And now she she doesn't want to do that anymore because she was treated wrongly and that isn't fair. Yeah. And I want to show you guys something because I think this kind of underscores exactly what we're talking about. So this is a report that came out of Florida. It says more than 300,000 black girls attend K through 12 public schools across Florida. Black girls represent one in five girls, although this varies by location. It is imperative to consider data by race and ethnicity within gender to better understand the differences girls experience. And we're gonna come down here in Florida, 30 36% of black girls in middle and high school do not feel safe at school compared to the statewide average of 29% of all girls. Um, let's see. Data sets from the Florida Department of Education and Department of Juvenile Justice provide context for levels of disciplinary exclusion, criminalization at school and justice system involvement for these girls. Statewide, and this happened in Florida, mind you, statewide, Black girls make up only 21% of girls ages 10 to 17, but they represent 45% of the girls who are arrested, 52% of girls on probation caseloads, 47% of girls incarcerated, and 52% of girls transferred into the adult criminal justice system. So... I mean, not only does this seem like a pervasive problem within Florida's education system, I mean, if we go to come back to California, I'm sure we see something close to it, but it seems like they don't know what the hell they're doing, especially when it comes to Black girls and the way they feel like they could deal with them is to be overly punitive and criminalize them, placing them in state's custody. Right. So, I mean, it seems like 52% of girls on probation case loads and 52% transferred to adult criminal uh, justice system. What the hell is going on in Florida? I know uh, a lot of times on the breakfast club, Charlemagne says the craziest people <laughs> come from uh, Florida and someplace else. Texas and Florida, I think is what he says. Um, and I might be wrong, but he definitely says Florida. So when you're seeing numbers like that, I mean, it, it says more so about the people in charge of this system and what they think about black girls. And that would explain to me why nobody did a damn investigation, but they arrested somebody. Samuel, talk to me. It's the school to prison pipeline. That's what they want to achieve, have less successful black people you can keep them down longer and they mm. from our workforce right exactly and we ain't got to pay them come on anaya i have some history to touch on with miss learning what you just said about that what i learned from this video that i was watching was basically what they tried to do 
when um, slavery was abolished and ended everything, when the black people were allowed, when black people were allowed to go to school, actually that was way after slavery, when they were allowed to go to school, they would try to teach them things in the workforce, less and less real education they need mm-hmm. to know to be successful in other jobs. They would teach them how to do this, how to do that, you know, like working jobs with no prior education to make them work for the white man. That's just a little history, but. Yeah. And so I just want to be clear because I want to tell you in real time, I know I gave you statistics, but I want to tell you what that means in real numbers. Um, So that means over 3000 black girls um, total enrolled in Florida schools, Um, over 850 were placed on juvenile probation and 101 were incarcerated. There were 19 black girls transferred to the adult juvenile justice system. That's the little carrot. But even that, even that little synopsis right there, that does not explain to me 52% because 52% is half. So even the numbers you're giving me because I can read and I know math don't add up to what you said they did, but that's why it's important to make sure that you read things in context and you go a little deeper because most times statistics will not tell you the real numbers that you're dealing with. So make sure you go deeper when, when you're looking at that stuff. Um, so again, we're talking about the school to prison pipeline, right? We're talking about the way in which black kids are over-criminalized or forgotten about, left behind, not seen as uh, valuable because they left a two-year-old in the daycare, right? She hasn't even hit the public school system. The most troubling thing that I heard that mom say is she's going to enroll her in another public school because she misses being with her friends. I need to tell y'all something. We would much rather have you safe than you out there hanging out with your friends under the control and supervision of people who don't give a damn about you. Straight up. So if that means we have to keep you at home to protect you, that's what we're going to do. Um, And I would not subject my daughter back into that system where people were so quick to rush to judgment And I'm not there to protect her because I believe parents, a lot of times we, we internalize the fact that we weren't there to protect you. And her baby was locked up for two weeks. You don't know the type of trauma mom went through either trying to figure out how to get her daughter, the support she needed and how to get her daughter out. You know what I mean? So I I want y'all to to just be cognizant of that. I know a lot of times y'all want to hang out. Y'all want to go kick it with your friends, um, but we can't do that to your detriment. So we have one more story, um, and I'm going to bring it back locally. So we've had a lot of things happen here in um, the Sacramento area, and I'm going to try to be nice to people today. um, But I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Check this out. Some new details about the investigations into three recent cases of racist graffiti found at some Sacramento City Unified Schools. Last week, you might remember we told you about some markings that said white and colored, and they were written over the water fountains at C.K. McClatchy High School. Well, the school district now tells us an African-American sophomore student at McClatchy has confessed to writing those words. Uh, The case has now been turned over to the district attorney's office, and they will decide if the student should face any charges. Days after the vandal 
vandalism with the fountains. The school district said on Tuesday that it found more racist graffiti, this time along an outside wall at Abraham Lincoln Elementary School. And back in November, a derogatory slur was found on West Campus High School, written multiple times near the vice principal's parking spot. KCRA 3's Brandon Cummings spoke to the district's community liaison about the cases and what he wants to see happen to the students. The C.K. McClatchy situation is heartbreaking on a number of different levels. Sacramento City Unified School District Race and Equity Liaison Attorney Mark Harris reacting to the most recent case of racist graffiti found at a district school. As KCRA 3 has reported, last week markings that read white and colored were written over water fountains at McClatchy High School. Harris told me an African-American student confessed to doing it. I think that this was a prank. It's a, a prank that went sideways. It's an unfortunate prank. It does not seem to be a hate, uh, an example of any kind of a hate crime. It's not an example, in my opinion, of any kind of a racist um, a behavior pattern. It was a prank. But that sophomore student could face being expelled from school and possibly even be arrested, although that's not something Harris wants to see. Well, they need to be punished. They need to be punished within a reasonable realm. But at some point, this is a teachable moment. A teachable moment because according to Harris, who has firsthand knowledge of the case, the high schooler didn't even understand the history attached to the words. It was most distressing that the young woman who put the two words over the water fountains was not aware of the significance of that, genuinely was not aware. But the incident at McClatchy is only one of three current investigations underway, both by the district and law enforcement. The investigation process for the other incidents is being called into question by the NAACP. They wrote this statement that reads in part, quote, the investigation process is not fair, as evident by the swift investigation and closure of the C.K. McClatchy incident, where the perpetrators are allegedly black. Meanwhile, the perpetrators of the hate crimes at West Campus are still at large, and it seems the SCUSD is protecting them from prosecution. So we get criticized, the district gets criticized for taking too long in that instance, and here's a situation where the whole matter was resolved within two weeks, and, and the district gets criticized for that. As for the case at Lincoln, Harris says it's a multi-layered police investigation currently underway. We've got Elk Grove Police, we've got Sacramento Sheriffs, we have our own internal investigation. All of those things are moving forward together right now, but it will take some time. And the investigation into the case on West Campus was delayed by the pandemic, school closures, and the holidays. There were a number of interviews of witnesses and potential perpetrators over the past few days. Hopefully we'll come to a conclusion on that investigation internally as the district. In Sacramento, I'm Brandi Cummings, KCRA 3 News. Okay. So, okay, first things first, are you surprised that the perpetrators of it were allegedly black? Did that surprise you? Yes or no? Speak. Yeah. Yes, but I want to bring up something. Okay, bring she, it up. He said she didn't know, or was it he? It was she, right? Yep. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. Yeah. She said she didn't know the significance of the word. This is why we need real history in schools or critical race theory. It's not a theory. It's actually just history. Okay, I can go. But in this, and then I want to say as well, swiftly taken care of, swiftly. 
like that, like a snap of the finger. Oh, boom, they're black. We found them. Oh, what, where, where is where that happened at? What, what was it? West Coast? Where the, West where the vice principal? West Campus? Where the vice principal was getting faced with racial slurs. Where's that? Where's that other school? I forgot the name. I'm Abraham Lincoln. I'm not in Sacramento. I apologize. That's all right, boo. I got you. It was Abraham Lincoln was the other a story. Abraham Lincoln. Ironic. <laughs> what? Where's that? Probably both of those aren't. Probably both of those perpetrators aren't white. Aren't black. So they didn't take care of it swiftly. It's just like. It, it, there's so many, there's something wrong, there's just so many things wrong about these three instances, and then all of them fitted together like a triangle of, like, ignorance and racism. Mm. Mm. So, I have a few thoughts on this. Don't jump down my throat. Should she have been arrested? Absolutely not. I feel like there should have been some discipline, because either way, I feel like this isn't shouldn't be accepted period i that's just me like i don't know it's just it's just me um don't say I just, don't know. you know i just feel like writing those words around anywhere i don't care who it comes from is out of pocket because then you're gonna start this conversation it's just like it's unnecessary it's really it ultimately it's unnecessarily and yeah and you don't know who who wrote them so somebody who doesn't know who wrote them could see that and still feel some type of way so to me, some discipline should have been taken. But arresting, I don't think it needs to go that far. Do I believe she says she doesn't know the history? I do believe that I wouldn't be surprised if she didn't know the history because this is what happens when we don't teach the stuff in schools. But even I know that when you write, write white and colored over specifically water fountains, that has to do... Sorry, hold on. Okay, my audio went up. When you write um white and colored specifically over water fountains that has to do with segregation and i do know that that was taught to me when i was in history class because all they really did in my opinion teach about when they wanted to mention black history was segregation and slavery so i don't believe the statement oh i didn't know what it meant because it's like or i didn't know the history because it's like but even i knew the history so it's like i don't find that believable but she could be she could be honestly telling the truth, but it just seemed a little weird for me for her to say that it, she doesn't know the history, but write it specifically over water fountains because that's that is what they did back in the day during segregated times during Jim Crow laws, et cetera. Okay, okay, Melissa, or who's that? Anaya, one of y'all, Melissa, Anaya, somebody. Yeah. Okay, so no, you can go Anaya. Okay, so I also have a few thoughts. So my question is, if she didn't know the history at all, why she write it in the first place? Girl, you obviously know something. And why did the more upgraded new water fountain have to be the white water fountain? You obviously knew something. And then to touch on, I don't think you should be arrested, but obviously she needs to be educated. And that is, you know, that word, C-O-O-N behavior. That's what my friends would call it. Because girl, coon behavior. Because girl, why are you, you're, and then also I put up a post, um, Chef Barry Axius um, posted it, and it was of a black boy drinking out of the white water fountain, and it was shared on Snapchat, and they said, historical moment in history, 
with two of the black kids and then they one other comment um they i guess took a screenshot and then made their own little text box and said go little monkey so that's um that's interesting and then mm -hmm. to touch on at what happened at abraham lincoln like that's the elementary school i don't i don't know for sure if the kids would have done that i'm assuming it was somebody older just trying just somebody who's older and racist but you never know because going back to that drawing of that white kid that he drew of the black people being hung he was taught that at home so you just you just never know who would do stuff but then about the black girl it's like girl you like i don't believe her like you have to have known a little bit of why that is not okay to do that's all i got melissa my first thought was like before i knew that she was black before anything i was like during black history month really during black history month the 28 days that we have black history month really and as the story kept going and they're like she's african-american and she genuinely didn't know the impact of the and the history behind the words i agree with anaya and jada she knew something but did she know like the actual roots and the actual how those things were derogatory and how they were being used i don't know if she knew that exactly because you know like like jada was saying she was taught that in school how she was taught about segregation and slavery when history class rolls around i was not i was mm -hmm. taught that at home i was taught about segregation and slavery at home my classes my history classes to this day have not touched on that in the way that they should to actually educate the students so i do believe her in some parts that maybe she did not know the actual history and how impactful those words were yeah and i i mean sam do you have something else before i start my little tirade what else you got one more thing that the school district is like oh the, the this happened at west campus people are mad at us um, this other thing happened uh, with the white and colored fountain thing. Was that mad at us? It's the context and how you handled all three of those situations. You're you're just like they're mad at us for everything. No, there's there's context to these situations. You're taking way too long to figure out this West Campus thing and this Abraham Lincoln thing. <laughs> Oh, it was delayed by the pandemic and the break and the holiday. Stop lying. Come on. Because I'm going to tell you, the West Campus thing happened when folks went back to school after they were out for the pandemic. So let's let's get, we got to get the stories clear. Um, so I, I was at both press conferences for both Abraham Lincoln and for West Campus, I'm sorry, and West Campus and uh, the McClatchy thing. What I can say, and um, the reason I got upset was when when my colleague received a phone call earlier that day, we were told that it was a black male who confessed to writing this. When we got to the press conference, they told us it was a black female. So now I'm confused because do you not know the difference or are you just throwing stuff at the wall seeing what sticks? Um, the other thing that I find concerning is the person may have been black, but they may not have been African-American. So assuming that all black people are monolithic and have the same history and we know the history of each one another, um, I think that's a huge misstep and we have to be careful with that. Um, with the Abraham Lincoln, first of all, I'm just hearing a lot of excuses. 
Abraham Lincoln is located in Rancho Cordova. That is not Elk Grove's jurisdiction, so I need him to stop it. That is Sac County Sheriff's and our Rancho Cordova PD. That is two people. Those are two entities that work closely together. As a matter of fact, I believe Rancho Cordova PD operates under the Sac, Sheriff, Sac County Sheriff. So I need him to stop making excuses. Number, number three, he was brought on to look into West Campus and Kit Carson, not these other two. So I'm not sure why everybody keeps going to him like he knows everything and like why they're using him in other capacities unless he's getting an extra check. So we have to talk about some things. Um, I, I find it completely um, ridiculous that they know, and I know that they know who did the thing at Abraham Lincoln. And should they not come out and tell everybody who did it and that these steps were made to resolve that situation, I'm going to come back next Monday and I'm going to tell y'all who did it. That's what I'm going to do for them because they know who did it, but there hasn't been a press conference to address it. So should they not address it by next Monday? I'll come on here and I will tell y'all who did it. And we can have a conversation of how both situations were treated very, very differently. Um, because when it was a black kid, um, they called NAACP first thing in the money morning. And she said they seemed completely jovial or excited to tell her that it was a black student. Now, I don't know if she got a call about Abraham Lincoln, but I got one. And I'm wondering why it didn't come from the district. So should the district not tell the community who was responsible for Abraham Lincoln? Laureen will come on and tell you guys next week. Deal? because we're done playing and we, we cannot continue to have different things happening and we're not being 100% truthful. Do I believe the young person at McClatchy should have been given consequences? Absolutely, but the consequences have to be proportional to the incident. I don't believe in zero tolerance because those are the, the laws that were used specifically to push black kids out of schools. So I will never get on here and say zero tolerance. If they did anything, wipe everybody out. No, 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 no. At some point, we have to figure out a new way to do things. Um, and I don't believe it was hate motivated. I think she was trying to be funny, but that's not funny. So we have to talk about, we have to talk about why something like that would be seen as funny. What was funny about that? This is y'all's generation. I'm, I'm a couple of generations removed. Tell me what would be funny about that type of thing. Jada? I feel like the reason why it would seem so funny, especially in today's generation, is because you see a lot of media kind of humorizing it. And it's become less of like a history topic and more of like, you know, they'll make either funny TikTok videos or funny this or funny that. So I'll be like, oh, this stuff must have been really funny. So let me write it and make everybody laugh. And then some people uh -oh. that because I'm, no, I'm so sorry. Some, some people will not, okay, not take it as such because some people know the history behind it. So our generation may be, you know, I don't, I wouldn't, if I saw that on the wall, I didn't know who wrote it. I wouldn't be laughing because I would be kind of a little bit fearful of who wrote it and what their intentions are. Um, but I think, yeah, I think the reason why it's humorized in her opinion is because a lot of media today humorizes the subject. It's no longer become something that you teach in schools. It's like a serious topic. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. It's like something people laugh at, and they make jokes out of it. And like some of it, I'm not gonna hold you. I do laugh at some of it, but there should be a fine line between, you know, what I you see. On, 
Huh? It's the at? way that they make the jokes. It's not like, oh my god, oh my god, we were slaves, gang, gang. Like, no, it's not like that. It's like the way that they put it. It's like, bro, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but like, why do they have to say it like that? And I feel like, especially, I think at at what's it called? Abraham Lincoln's an elementary school. You said it is. Kids are heavily influenced. So what I know is like, bro, I don't know why I'm laughing at this. It shouldn't be funny. But like, kids will be like, oh, this is funny because like maybe. Like you said, she doesn't know this. Maybe she's not taught about it in a serious way to where when she sees it on media, she can separate the difference where it's like, oh, yeah, the way that they made this is funny. But like, we know the situation is actually kind of serious. Yeah. Sam? This is why this needs to be taught in schools, because kids don't know the severity of certain phrases, certain um, periods, mm-hmm. periods in, in history as well as certain actions of people. They don't know the actual, like, deep-rooted severity of what they're doing. And that's basically what people in charge are trying to do, white people that are in charge, trying to suppress history so that it repeats and repeats and people don't actually face the same type of consequences that they would if it was taught in schools. And Mm -hmm. And you don't have to look like... You don't have to look it up or search in your own on your own because you don't search on your own for math. You learn in school. You mm. learn all the intricate details, yeah. all of it. Science, same thing. But when it comes to uh, history about the true history about America, how about you look that up, Bucko? Look at look that up yourself because I I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And yes. I agree with Miss Taiwana when she said everyone is becoming so desensitized because that's that's true. We are becoming desensitized. Desensitized. So what you know may not be funny. Uh, I don't like what may not be funny. I guess we kind of laugh at to like erase kind of the seriousness of it, so it doesn't really have a heavy effect on us. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I wanted to add on to why my generation thinks stuff like that is funny. And I'll share, like, there's a video, it's a Vine now, I guess, about this white woman recording herself, like, walking. And this black guy is like, move out of my way, why is she mad? Like, I found that funny because it's like, move out of my way, white lady, why is she mad? But not, I don't find, because it's like how he said it. And then I even was, like, joking around with my friends, like, yeah, I'm going to walk in people's way. These people got to get out of my way. It's Black History Month. You know, I'm taking that back. But it was like as a joke, like I'm not, I'm not gonna be people use that. I use that. But I don't find that funny. The water fountain thing funny, but I'm thinking maybe they found that funny because it's in like Snapchat thing because like the black of the white water fountain operations would be, well, maybe they found that funny to make a joke and, but it's still weird. So I don't, I can't connect but how she's not funny or why other people would find that funny and laugh about it. Yeah, I don't I don't see anything particularly funny about it, um, especially knowing the history and the historical context of those words. Um, I, I'm, I, in talking to the students on that campus, what I can say is some of them genuinely didn't know who wrote it and that produced a level of trauma and fear because they're going through other things on that campus that they reported, right? And so when I don't know who wrote it, right? 
and I'm thinking that it could be one of my classmates and I just don't know, there's a certain level of, of fear that comes along with it. The other thing I would say about it is when it first came out, the district said that they're gonna put supports in place for the black students who were traumatized by this particular thing. So one of the students who spoke at the press conference, I asked her, I said, talk to me about these supports. What did they do? She said they made an announcement over the loudspeaker and they asked the teachers to talk to their classes about it. That's the extent of the support that they got. Is that enough? Melissa? No, that's that's not enough. The teachers talking to the students about what happened isn't the students talking to someone about how it made them feel. There's a difference. And we are affected by this. So why are we, we get talked at all day at school. We need to be able to unload, especially after seeing something like this, especially after the uncertainty of the aftermath of everything that's happening afterwards. We need to be able to unload because we can't. So we need to be able to talk about it. And someone talking to us about what happened isn't the same as us telling someone else how it made us feel. There's a difference and something needs to be done about that. Thanks. Jada? I feel like a conversation is important about the subject to see where everybody's heads are. I mean, I know you may be kids, but kids feel things too. And so how did the situation kind of make you feel? But it shouldn't just be one conversation and the situation is done. It should be something that should be continuously talked about. Like I said, taught in history. It shouldn't be something you just have a conversation about, all right, everybody got to their brains. It should be continuously taught. It should become a part of their educational curriculum so that they can understand it more and more. So it's not just a one and done. There you go. Well, we don't ran out of time for today. We are back to our regularly scheduled program, which means next week, we're probably going to give y'all some more stories because we took a whole month off. And then I told y'all I was going to come back next week and tell y'all if they don't tell y'all first who uh, did the stuff at Abraham Lincoln. So with that, uh, join us next week right here on Facebook and YouTube at 4 p.m. PST. Um, in two weeks, we will have uh, Representative Joel Jones join us for the episode. We're going to talk about him and everything he's been going through and how that has affected you know, the way he moves or if that's affected the way he moves. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but you know, right now, we're going to hit y'all with the wave. We'll see you next time right here. With, but we are Black versus the Board of Education. Peace.